Boxcats. Boxcats. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 76, when you least expect it, out pops the monkey. My name is Josh Canal. to my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. Hello Josh and hello to our good endowed in the ears listeners. <laughs> and to my right, the sometimes deaf Brett Cropley. Good evening viewers, what'd you say? See? See, exactly. this is what I'm talking about. Exactly. Hey uh, Brett, you've got uh, Windows Vista, don't you? I, yes, that's correct. Yes. And it, it's going well for you? Not too bad. Not too bad? There's issues. It, it doesn't uh, play well on the network with an XP box. I was, it's, it's an unusual question for you, Ross. It is. I was watching uh, Channel 9 the other night, and they've revamped their coming up later on Channel 9 that they do just before shows. This was just before the news at 6. And the graphics were set up just like Windows Vista. Really? With all the applications. You know how they're all stacked up? All the applications are stacked up and you just go from one to the other? Or at least that's... Oh, like you can you can scroll through them. Like the uh, albums in iTunes. Yeah. Yep. Like the special 3D desktop thing, which you never yep. actually use because Alt-Tab's much quicker. Radio. Well, that, that sort of thing. Uh, the, and each of the applications was a program. And it scrolled through, and the first one was funniest home videos, and then onto the next one, and onto the next one, and the uh, coming up tonight was sponsored by Windows Vista. You know that that just makes me say, "Wow!" Yeah, wow, wow! wow. How the hell do Microsoft take up all that processing power and make it as slow as my old Windows three point one one machine? <laughs> Seriously, I ask you. Mm. It's uh, it's it's the magic of computing. Interesting, of Microsoft bloatware. <laughs> interesting bit of uh, interesting bit of cross promotion, though. Not just a little thing down the bottom about Windows Vista. Nothing, no mention of it in the words or anything like that. So, well, well, you know, Nine do have uh, their uh, kind of child company with Microsoft, Nine mm. MSN, which yep. is 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 a completely separate company to Nine, mm-hmm. uh, but probably has a lot to do with that partnership. Yep, one one would think, mm. uh, but still. Mm. I'd say early on, I don't buy it. Oh, very yeah. early. Ve- you said that early. during news last week. <laughs> I know. It's Next gonna... week, prediction. Next week is going to be episode 77, I don't buy it. <laughs> and the week after that, it's going to be, I don't buy it. Better, 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 better. <laughs> uh, coming up later on in Box Cutters episode 76, we're going to talk about uh, Fattest Loser. Yep. I've got a book review. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Exactly. We'll find out. We'll find out. Is that the book or is no, that a segment? It's a segment. Are you smarter than a fifth grader? Uh, we've got some quotes. We've got some pork. But as always, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. In a big story that broke today, Monday, I think it broke today. Yeah, yeah, our it time. broke broke uh, Monday morning. Monday morning, our time, as opposed to everybody else's time. Yes. Uh, Jackie O has joined Channel 9. Now, this is not uh, the late lamented Jackie Onassis. No. Okay. No. What is her actual name? I heard it, but I can't remember it now. Jackie O. Dandenong. Jackie O. <laughs> Frankston. I, I don't know. <laughs> 
Uh, apparently, she'll be working on projects such as uh, What a Year, supposedly. Good to see that's getting a return. Apparently, they're starting with uh, 1347. <laughs> that, that was such a great year. That's the Black Plague. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It was, oh. oh. I thought they'd give that a go first. I'm amazed that they could get some footage. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> They're bringing along some, some modern-day uh, bubonic plague sufferers yeah, yeah, just yeah. To, to give us an idea of what it's And the audience is going to watch hoping that Jackie O gets, gets the black plague. Oh, we can, we can live in hope. <laughs> uh, Jackie O uh, also said to, uh, to News Limited, I've done enough reality shows like Pop Stars and Australian Princess, so that's where I don't want to go. I want to do a show where I am myself and not playing any role. Kind of like I am doing on my morning radio show. Kind of like, but not quite. <laughs> I, I really, I don't understand. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. Is she, is she a, a good signing for nine, do you think? No. She is... In, Brett? It, oh, fine. No, I'm interested in his opinion. Uh, no, commercial dross. Yeah. Yep. yeah she is, a, I think, somehow one of the luckiest humans... In show business in Australia, because luckier than Kyle Sanderlands, yeah, because Kyle Sanderlands I can see still has some talent, like some talent. He knows how to talk. Mm-hmm. Jackie O just knows how to screech and uh, and smile and leave her dog on top of a car. That's <laughs> that's all I understand about Jackie O. I, I really think she has no talent, but has somehow managed to crawl her way up the showbiz ladder. And now she's, she's getting deals signed with, with networks. It's and ridiculous. And it's curious that nine have been the one that have signed her up. She's, she's more kind of low-rent 10-type celebrity. Yeah. Well, well I, is, I thought it was yeah, a surprise. I thought it was a surprise for nine to sign her. I fell off my chair. Really? Yeah. Wow. It was a rickety chair. Yeah. But still. But still. But still. <laughs> Talking of 10, in a critical blow to Aussie drama... Uh, Channel 10 is set to axe plans for a second season of Tripping Over after it uh, did very little in the ratings overseas. Did, did, nice, nice compromise. Did you hear what he did there? Yeah, he I said did. they're going to axe plans. Yeah, it was yeah. a nice Because we had this whole discussion before the show over whether or not a show could be axed if it wasn't currently on air. And I said adamantly, no. And everybody else said, eh. So it's a nice compromise. It was received quite nicely here in Australia, but failed to find a home in Britain. Uh, it, it didn't ten- rate terribly well here. When you say it was received well. Enough. You think? Well, enough for Channel 10 to want to do it again. Hmm. The only thing I know that people liked about Tripping Over were female fans who liked seeing Daniel McPherson's ass. That was it. I was I'd- neither, and I quite enjoyed it. Okay. Okay. Um, Brent's just finishing watching it over the weekend. Yeah, it was a uh, co-production between Channel Ten and a uh, UK production company, who now wants to walk aspect, away from the project. That rings a bell. Um, Channel Ten were keen to pick it up, but they're not going to uh, fund it themselves. Well, it's it was a really expensive production, uh, mm. and you know, kudos to Channel because Ten. For there was so much stuff all around the world. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think having a, a London co-production helped. Uh, but And without that, well, you can't just have Australian content. And we've seen what happens when they try to make Australia look like London. Well, they could come Does back. anybody remember the uh, Mission Impossible remake that was done in Queensland? <laughs> I, rem- I remember hearing about them shooting it there. 
this was this the TV series. Pre-Tom Cruise, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Pre- not the movie. Not the movie. This mm-hmm. is the uh, the Mission Impossible television series. They uh, they did a sequel, and uh, it was shot in Queensland. It was one of the big first big te- television productions to be shot at uh, Warner Brothers Movie World. Mm-hmm. And basically all they did for London was put in a London-style telephone box and have a double-decker go around the block. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a, a backscape of uh, Big Ben? No, no. no. Maybe some travelogue footage. I don't know. <laughs> you know, what What they could do with the story is actually they, they, they're starting to make their way back from the UK and they come in via Queensland and they decide it's really nice there. And uh, you still have the separation, uh, but... Uh, just in the one country. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem with having a Channel 10 show and uh, and having it in Queensland is uh, that's where all of the Neighbours cast members went when they left Neighbours. Oh, that character's gone to Queensland. So Could uh, be drama gold. You could bring all those <laughs> departed Neighbours characters in. So, oh, Scott and Charlene. Daniel McPherson could mm. be running the big banana. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you're thinking, Cropley. You've always got backpackers coming through. I really, I like the way you're thinking. Uh, high five and the shack, two kids. No, no, Ross. I wasn't. I wasn't going. High five. I'm not the Todd. Uh, oh, that's back to that's back on tonight. Scrubs. Yep. Tonight being Monday night. Yes. So by the time you're hearing this, it was on Monday night. Unless you were a very dedicated listener. Yeah. In which What's, case, I'm very impressed with you. He's going up early tonight, and. Anyway. Just before Huff. Stay uh, tuned for that. TV Ontario have bought uh, episodes of High Five and The Shack to air over there. So that's uh, more Australian children's television getting recognition overseas. Mm. When will that happen for our drama? Yes. I'm still waiting. Mm. Sure. We love Australians when they're wearing colourful things and singing songs. But when? When will we love them for the drama? When will we love them for the horses? Mm. Country cops, uh, hospitals in outer suburbia. That's all I can think of. What's happened before? Um, Heartbreak High was kept in production only for the overseas market. Really? <clears throat> yep. So was uh, Let the Blood Run Free. They yes. loved it in Germany. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in uh, statistics news. <laughs> oh, love that statistics news. <laughs> Today, tonight, is the most complained about show. Uh, it receives nearly one in ten uh, of all the complaints over the 2005-2006 Really? Period. I thought, I thought Box Cutters Episode 72 was the most complained about show. <laughs> See, that doesn't include We're us. On TV. That doesn't include us. If, if it included shows. us, we, the Ronnie John's Half Hour would be up there. Yeah. Ronnie John's Half Hour is up there. Oh, maybe it does include us. One. Maybe we are included in this survey. Oh, that's nice. It's it's nice of them to. Uh, I want to say hello to all the survey takers out there. <laughs> I know you're doing some hard work, and, uh, and and good luck to you all. It's curious. So they got 95 of the 1,109 complaints. It's interesting that that's all the complaints that they got over that two year period. Who, Ronnie Johns, or no, no, for t- Australian TV in general? Is this written complaints or telephone complaints? Uh, Who came number two? Let him answer one question. You know, he can't handle more than one question at a time, Ross. Can't tell you that. Uh, it would be how free long, TV. How long until it's... I do a 20 to 1 most complaining <laughs> about shows on television? I th- In fact, that's that's been close to uh, one of the themes of one of the 20 to 1. Yeah, so sure it's already it happened. I'm sure it has. So, yeah. so this is to Free TV Australia. Yeah, yeah. It's not so to any one network. No. Okay. Mm. 
Mm. Okay. No, well, then it's not a surprise because that involves two bits of, uh, of communication. It involves them contacting the station and then being told to contact free TV, but by which time most people have capitulated and gone, eh, it's not that important. Mm. Everyone else has forgotten about it. Hey, uh, I haven't forgotten about Curtis Hansen. Excellent film director, director mm. of LA Confidential and... Wonder Boys. Uh, Wonder Boys. Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Can you name any more? No, that, Hand That Rocks the Cradle was his only documentary, though, I think. Yes. <laughs> uh, River Wild yes. uh, was, was one of them in her shoes. Eight Mile. Did very you say dis- Eight Mile? Very disappointing Eight Mile. Uh, uh, I was very disappointed by Eight Mile. The excellent bad um, influence. You know what the trouble is? Whenever they show Eight Mile on TV... It builds up and up the whole show, and at the end he does his big battle rapping and he wins, and it's so exciting. And then uh, you're watching, and they have the you know Eminem singing "Lose You." It's great, yeah, yeah. And they have talking over the top coming up on ten. Well, it you ruins the whole thing. That's what the whole movie's there you for. You wait the whole film to hear Just lose yourself. To hear lo- yeah, lose yourself. And uh, hmm. and yeah, it doesn't happen anyway. Curtis Hansen is uh, has has signed a deal with CBS Paramount Network Television to produce television shows over the next two years. He says that uh, he's... Uh, that Create and produce? Well, yeah. He says, There are characters and situations I've long wanted to explore in a format not limited by the constraints of two-hour running time. Mm. So that's, uh, that's, that's going to be good. I have a lot of respect for Curtis Hansen. I think he's, uh, he's one of the great directors around at the moment. So I look forward to seeing what he can do with television. It's going to be very interesting. Backyard Blitz fans might remember Jamie Jerry. No. Manpower fans might remember Jamie Jerry. Who? <laughs> Jamie Jerry's just revealed the reason for his push to break into the uh, US television to be closer to his 12-year-old daughter. His Ooh. love child. Really? Yep. It's not the Bucket loads of cash that Oprah was dropping off at his house. No, what it's interesting. This article doesn't personally. You don't because she does lots of stuff. You know, she's she does. But if she was dropping bucket loads of cash, she'd have a camera. Yeah, and we'd have seen it. That's true. Uh, This article doesn't actually mention Oprah at all. Uh, He's currently negotiating with US networks to develop a new series, The Victory Garden Show. Not sure if that's got some connection with Melbourne Victory or what's going on. Um, His daughter. Lives in Nevada, and uh, he's looking to have more custody. Uh, he gets to spend time with her every six or eight weeks. So that doesn't explain why he left nine for seven. <laughs> no. Well, they got out. No. Right. <laughs> Josh. <laughs> uh, the uh, the Sopranos. Remember the Sopranos? I do remember. Yeah, that. That the was Sopranos, which is actually coming back on in about three weeks. In about in three episodes. weeks. Yeah. How many episodes did Channel Nine show? Because like I, I my I, I think video I, programming got so far out of whack because of their I, stupid schedule. I think they showed everything. They showed the whole the whole lot in the end, but they they did shift it around quite a few times. Yeah, they showed everything. You just might not have seen everything. That's mm. mm. that's uh, why PVRs would would have been a good thing. Also, if they'd publicised the fact that they were shifting it around rather than just if shifting just it around randomly. screened it at a, it's the same time. You're asking too much, Ross. I am. You're I asking am. too much. Anyway, the, uh, New, there was a New Jersey town that blocked production of The Sopranos filming a scene in their town. They, uh, the, they were worried, this is the town, were worried that the show negatively portrayed Italian-Americans and did not want Sopranos filming there. A court has ordered them to uh, proceed with the filming. They're not allowed to block it based on on that on content issues, only on whether or not the application 
uh, went according to the law. I think it, I, th- I think it portrays Italian Americans really well. They, they're very successful at being mobsters. <laughs> the uh, the scene is very important apparently because it is the last scene in the last episode. Oh, really? Well, so, that's, that's kind of important. Yeah. So uh, they are going to be allowed to shoot that, which means they are going to be able to finish the season, which means uh, hopefully. So they're not going to get to the end and just have a title card saying. See missing. See missing. <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased about that. I'm pleased about it. Now we're going to try something new for the very first time this week. It's time for Brett's very fast <laughs> 15 seconds of news. Ready, set, go. John Inman, the star of Are You Being Served, has died in London Hospital, age 71. He had hepatitis A. Channel 7 are threatening legal action against Channel 9 after they screened their Indonesian jet crash footage that they took from their international fleet. And prison break actor Lang Garrison has been charged with manslaughter after a young girl was killed in a single vehicle accident when he was driving under the influence of alcohol. Very good. I'm very impressed. Yeah, that went well. Well done. He, he, really, he did run the alarm out, though. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. He was closer to about 35 seconds. Yeah. But, well, although I was distracted by the, the voices coming over the top of me. <laughs> hey, your schizophrenia has nothing to do with this show. Can you please leave it alone? Just, uh, just quickly before we end the news, it was announced during the week that Rove is coming back to TV. Yes. He's coming back on April 1st. Mm-hmm. T-Channel 10. T-Channel 10, which is a Sunday night. Yes. Uh, 10 are already running promos uh, for his for his big return show. Sunday night, 8.30. I think, it's, I think it's a really interesting time. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I think that, A, Channel 10 have very little to lose. Mm-hmm. What have they had there in the past? They had uh, So You Think You Can Dance. Uh, well, that was, in, that was more for non-ratings. Channel 10 would would say that they are the ones that pioneered the getting rid of the movies and putting drama there. Well, they did. They did, uh, as, as far as Australian because, television goes. Because they, they started, and I think they've had the Law & Order franchises there for, for the last few years, and then Channel 9 copied with CSI, and Channel 7 have just kind of thrown anything at the wall and nothing stuck until now, possibly. I can tell you that the first episode is going to rate its ass off. A lot of people are going to be interested to see, you know, how Rove looks, having come back, what he does, how he, uh, you know, how he, he deals with the issue of, of having ended the last season enough quickly. To take, and enough to take a lot off uh, CSI? Enough to take a lot off Grey's Anatomy? Well, if you've, uh, if you've, well, enough I to mean, take... I they're, they're mean, both, they're both high-rating shows. Enough to take a bit off each mm-hmm. and make the Channel 10 advertisers happy. Okay, uh, I think I think that's that's what it comes down to. Channel Ten uh, have to make their advertisers happy, and this to them seems to be the best way to do it. I don't know. I, I don't know if I would uh, put such an unknown quantity like a new series of, of Rove at a brand new time where people aren't used to it up against things that are rating like we've never seen ratings before. Mm. I think it's a, a very brave move. It's very bold. Is it the right move? We won't know un- until it happens. Probably not. Channel 10 are, are known for not doing the right move. Well, from what Rove has said, it seems like he was actually given an option and he decided that he's up for the challenge of taking on Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, because they're, uh, they're going to have to uh, change the content a little bit. 
And the uh, the things I've I've heard are that it's it's going to be a very different show. I, it's hard for me to uh, to separate out and and know what's rumor and what's fact. So I haven't I haven't been willing to report anything that I've heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it sounds like it's it's going to be quite a different show. But mm-hmm. again. That's the sort of thing that we've heard every year for the past four yep. years with Rove. Yeah. Now, we didn't really kind of focus on, on the ratings of the show last year because Josh was owning Channel 10 at that point. Um, uh, but uh, from one of the articles that I came across today, um, it says last year's Rove... Last year, Rove's program rated dismally after it has decided the show would switch formats after receiving bad ratings the year before. I hadn't noticed that there was a major switch See, in the, formats. There, there wasn't a major switch of formats. There was, uh, you know, some subtle changes here and there. Uh, something to to keep the show, you know, exciting for its viewers. I new think. logo. Yeah, a, another new logo. Mm. Uh, the uh, a lack of uh, reliance on the the Rove Live list. Which uh, which they'd been relying on quite a lot in the in in previous years, uh, a few more a few more interesting stunts and uh, and characters and, and things like that. Mm. Uh, as far as rating dismally, and yes, I did work for uh, Roving Enterprises and, and the Rove Live Show last year, and uh, I might you know have still have some kind of vested interest in in last year's ratings, but uh, the show consistently won its time slot. In its demographic, and I think that's that's an important thing to to bear in mind. Channel ti- Channel Ten were were very clear last year on saying that all they cared about was sixteen to thirty nine year olds. And that was that was where they were pushing their uh, their shows, and that was clear with the shows that they were picking up as well. Things like the OC and still showing The Simpsons and and things like that. But also it was generally acknowledged that Tuesday generally across the networks was a really weak night. Yes. And uh, and also 9.30 is... Sorry, how's Tuesday a weak night? You've got uh, Dancing with the Stars followed by All Saints, which is just going gangbusters for seven. Sorry. I think he meant for the other networks. <laughs> oh, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. For, for, networks, for networks other than seven, Tuesday night was a really weak night. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, what I meant. Really, I, I agree completely. <laughs> re- really hard to compete with that... Uh, with, with that excellent package, you mm. know, as far as you know, from a ratings perspective, mm. not not necessarily from an entertainment perspective. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so that being said, Channel Ten we're we're concentrating on that. Plus, after nine thirty, there is a huge drop off in viewers. So, if you look purely at viewer numbers, yes, you can say dismal ratings. If you look at total people, you can say uh, not not great ratings. But if you look at the demo- the target demographic and, and what they were really working towards, they won every week. Uh, so, really, I people tend to talk out of their ass when they when they talk about uh, ratings and Rove Live because it it's a uh, it's a show that people love to bash. Well, a lot of people have said that this is a very tough slot, time slot for it to be in. But what's an easy time slot? Are they going to put it on midday Saturday or something? Like there there are no easy time slots. Yeah, and it's and it's also it's, it's it's not like they're going to find a time slot where you know oh nine o'clock Thursdays oh perfect it's seven and nine have test pattern on then <laughs> like I mean that's that's just not going to happen and I think it's also important to remember that uh, aside from mornings with Kerry Ann nine a.m. with David and Kim Rove Live's the only show and especially the only show that's on in prime time that gives the opportunity for. Uh, international visitors to uh, to be interviewed on on television, and 
that's important for, for the entertainment industry. And people love to see that sort of stuff. I mean, if anyone can remember when Matt Damon was on, was on Rove Live, that was an excellent segment. And, uh, and it's the sort of thing that we don't really get to see a lot of. Andrew Denton does the very serious interviews and tries to get people to cry. There's a bit of crossover there, but uh, a lot of not crossover. Yeah. And, uh, and this is just, you know, people having fun. I think, uh, I think we, we rarely get to see that. And it's the only show that's doing it. If, if uh, McAuliffe Tonight was still on, I don't think that Rove Live would be as strong as it was last year. But Channel 9 didn't have the guts for it. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it, how it goes on a brand new night in what is arguably going to be a, a new format. Mm-hmm. Uh, that starts on April 1st. Mm-hmm. And I look Hopefully to not it. April 15th, relegated to Celebrity Dog School, <laughs> 6 Saturday. Yeah, hopefully not. Mm. And that is the Box Cutters News. Tom Elliott here from a variety of different media organisations, 3RRR, 3AW, Channel 7, Mornings with Kerry ann Inside Business on a Sunday with Alan Kohler. I like to spread myself around and so should you. Listen to the box cutters on the internet or any other media you can find them. I think it's educational. I think it's fascinating. I think you might even learn something you didn't know before. Listen to the box cutters. I always do. Fat people losing weight sounds like television to me. It does. Are either of you guys watching The Biggest Loser this year? <laughs> no. I'm. Uh, you, know, you know what? I'm, I think I'm the only person who's watching the Sunday night shows. I didn't watch it last year. No, no. I, I watch the Sunday night shows when I can Sunday because it's a, it's a good catch up. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the week, because mm-hmm. every night I don't get to watch it, and I, we're recording this on a Monday night, so I never get to see the uh, the elimination. The boot out, yeah. Well, I think I think the last week, the week we've just had, has probably been the best week for watching. I think uh, it, it had a bit of a high point for the show. There was quite a few good moments. Uh, there was a, a hill challenge in which uh, they had to run up and down a steep hill a hundred times. Uh, in a relay, which obviously... Did anybody die? No, nobody died, but obviously that was quite uh, quite draining and uh, had a bit of a lump in my throat watching that when Damien, the huge guy who started at over 200 kilos, mm. a, a good 50 kilos ahead of any of these other enormous people, uh, was running the last lap after, you know, thinking he wouldn't make it and, and being very upset by the whole thing, but actually making it through and having both teams cheer him on and, and cheer him to the end. That was that was quite a good moment for the show. Uh, and then after that, we had The Temptation, which this week involved food, again, surprisingly. Well, surprise. And uh, that led to a huge confrontation with one of the girls, Manalita, fighting with her trainer, Michelle, over whether she should have had two Mars bars and whether she deserved them and, and blah, blah, blah. So that was that was great television as well. And then after that, it got into a whole lot of the backstabbing and the deal-making and, and all that kind of stuff, which is kind of more like Survivor, I guess. Deal-making. Deal-making. Yeah, because they... Because they- kind of get together and have to vote one person off in in each team uh it's it's really it's more than just about uh who they don't like it's also about who isn't getting them the biggest percentage of weight loss and who can they afford to lose from next week uh it's 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 got a lot to do with looking forward so there's there Mm -hmm. there is a, a a lot of uh, of thought and, and tactic that needs to go into this decision process. Of course, a lot of the time it's just, oh, Cheryl's a scrubber. But, yeah, yeah. you know, we try. Yeah. Well, it's... Uh, and, and in this particular case, one person had immunity and they do this thing called the walk this year, which I won't bore you with, but ending just up... Just like uh, The Week is Link. 
Yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> anyway, he had to give his immunity to somebody on the opposition team, and there was quite a bit of, you know, quite a bit of working about working out things. You know, whether whether he could get something from the op- opposite team by giving it to people that they wanted to, whether they would then owe him favors and that sort of thing. Or maybe one was of that the two bars. <laughs> was that who? What? Brian Burke. <laughs> oh. Uh, but but watching it this week, like I said, it was probably the best week for for television viewing. But I am slightly uncomfortable watching the show, and I do find it. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just find it a little uncomfortable to watch the whole thing. Really, uh, exploitation? You don't love it? Well, well, that's exactly it. I mean, I don't want to unfairly stereotype large people, but if you get to these sort of weights that these people are, chances are you've got probably self-esteem problems mm. and uh, self-image problems. And the, the show kind of places itself and, and, and really kind of grinds into them that, that this is their last hope. You know, they're, they're all here because everything else has failed. There's, there's one lady who wants to get pregnant and she's too fat to get pregnant, so she needs to lose weight or she'll never get pregnant. Uh, somebody else, a couple of the big blokes are saying, well, if you don't lose weight soon, you're going to die. Uh uh, and I kind of I, I find this a little uncomfortable. I, I guess like with a show like Survivor, uh, they're there because they want to be there, and it's a game show, and they're there to have fun uh, and to win a million dollars and to win a million dollars. It, it's kind of uh, it can be a double edged sword with that. And say Big Brother, I think that uh, I think people maybe don't get the experience that they want out of it. But uh, but I think with this, you know, this this is really a lifestyle thing, and this is about people who, you know. For example, they have trouble with food, these people. Clearly, this is why they've got to these huge weights that they are. To every week be constantly be shoving food in their face as temptation. I just find it... Uh, I, I find that this, there's something a little wrong with that. Uh, in Marie's column in The Green Guide last week, she was talking about uh, how they had... They start each series off with a feast. Mm-hmm. And there's just masses and masses of food. And they all get to eat whatever they want they all just basically gorge themselves and make pigs of themselves and as marie pointed out in her column yeah you don't have when you're going into alcoholics anonymous they don't say well (laughs) go out for one last huge bender and then come in and see us like it 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 just seems ridiculous it's but it's i I mean we have to remember it's it's not a public service as much as as much as channel 10 or or the production is making both both pretend that it's a public service Mm -hmm. it's television Yes, and and it's entertainment, and and it's it's like the old style geek shows, traveling around, and and people would go and and laugh at the bearded lady. Yeah, it's it's the same sort of thing. We we watch these people a because they make us feel good about ourselves. B because they're in some way freaks, and uh, C because sometimes we think like we're doing a good thing by watching them become better people. It's a it's a very interesting psychological phenomenon around why people watch uh, the the Biggest Loser, but I, see, I think because I, 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 I don't think I like I don't watch it for those reasons. Like I, I don't watch them because they're big and because they're freak. I, I I find it interesting watching people exercise and watching watching the mental aspect of it and watching them learn to go from being like enormous people who can't walk up hills to learning and having the mindset that they can actually do this and to have like Damien winning that, uh, finishing that challenge running up that hill it was quite amazing but I think you're in the minor- minority 
Yes. Well, that wouldn't be the first time. Yes. <laughs> I wonder how much how much psychological profiling the producers do before they decide on who actually well, comes in yeah. and, and whether they actually know if there's some sort of deep-seated uh, abuse as a child or something yep. that's, that's led them to... Yep. Uh, but I, I'm sure they do, but they tend to use this as... As story, like I was saying before, everyone has a story about why why they gained the weight and why they have to lose it and why this is their last chance. No, because no one's going. Oh, my brother just bought a mini, and I really want to fit into it. <laughs> no, right? No, no one's saying that. Well, somebody did say I can't fit into my husband's car. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. That Sorry, was one of the my reasons. mistake. <laughs> but uh, I just want to say, just on that, uh, Laura, who you might know, Josh, from watching, she's she's a young one. Yeah. And what happened was two people dropped out quite early, so they got in replacement people. Now, Laura's 19 or 20. She's, she's just too young for this. I mean, obviously, she needs it in terms of weight, but she came in late to the game. She's She's mentally not strong at all. They had to decide during one of the challenges. They had to decide. Okay, well, we're going to swap two people over. She got changed. She got changed to the other team. This hit her really hard. Just, just the thing of changing teams. She was hugely upset by it. it you know, it's just like I said, great television. Not entirely all that comfortable watching it. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. That that makes perfect sense. And I, personally, I'm with you. I like the. Uh, triumph over adversity yeah. aspect of it yeah. uh, but I can see exactly how the production is manipulating all the different aspects of, of their viewership yep. and I think that's yep. one of the reasons why Biggest Loser is such a such a popular show because it's got something for almost everyone mm. Uh, mm. But yes, it's nothing's gonna nothing's gonna help you stop feeling uncomfortable about it, especially not when they cut to ads and it's nothing but fastploitation ads as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, or when they have sudden elimination, and you know, at least with the vote out, people know that there's a chance they'll go home. But just waking up one morning and saying, "Oh well, you have to get rid of someone," you know, and somebody who was in the house suddenly disappears, and the person who had to get rid of them, who made the choice, is suddenly having, you know, problems with that. It's it's yeah, it's it's distinctly it's, uncomfortable. It's very hard to not be cynical about it mm. that's the biggest loser you can see at weeknights at seven o'clock on channel 10 and uh 7 30 on sunday nights box cutters hey i read another book another book another book thanks. wow <laughs> thanks that's two so how do you manage two. to read while the tv's on uh during ads, I mute the TV, which is why I don't have a lot of... Uh, I don't oh, buy it. right. See, right. That's, a, that's, a, that's a big problem. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, in three-minute slots, you can what, get through a book quite quickly. What about your trawling YouTube? Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, well, while I'm waiting for the YouTube uh, ads to load, yep. I'm also reading then. Ah, it's right. all about yeah. time management, yep. Ross. Yep. <laughs> all about time management. So what was this book about? Television, well, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. What's it called? It's called Prisoner of Trebekistan. It's by Bob Harris. And I've mentioned this before, but it fits to repeat it here, that I am a huge fan of the game show Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a fast-paced show, and it's got this kind of rapid clue response rate that uh, other questions... Uh, sorry, other shows don't have. And the questions in Jeopardy are really quite hard, or the clues are really quite hard. There are no cynical attempts to keep viewers watching, like the will you return question to the contestant in Temptation or uh, 
the kind of faux drama is that your final did answer we, did of we, millionaire did we get it right we'll find out after the break yeah there's there's none of that with jeopardy it's clue response clue response clue response that goes through for uh, for i think uh 24 times mm-hmm. and then uh an ad and then another 24 times an ad one more time gone mm-hmm it's, it's a pattern. You know exactly how it's going to work. It's a fantastic show. The only twist in Jeopardy is that the clues are given in the form of a statement and the response has to be given in the form of a question. So, for example, in the category of, of stand-up comics, the clue might be, before 1997, she was best known for her stand-up, her sitcom, and her book, My Point, and I do have one. Who is Sally Field? Wrong. Ross. <laughs> Brett? Uh, who is Red Rudner? Wrong. It was, who is Ellen DeGeneres? Ah, you see, ah, of course, of course. But it does have to be, who is? Who is. So, if you just said Ellen DeGeneres. You, yeah, you'd probably get it wrong. Yep. Depending on whether or not Alex Trebek, the host, uh, liked you. Right. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes he'll give you a warning, uh, but in a, like in a tournament of champions... No, no warnings. If you don't answer in the form of a question, that's it. You get it wrong. Well, you shouldn't in champions. No, well, that's right. So, you've, you've been there before you know you, you know the state of play so I really love this show I love it a lot and mm-hmm. W used to show it here uh, on the Foxtel is that the Warner and, channel no no that's the woman <laughs> channel uh-huh. on uh, on Foxtel For, I don't know why it was on W but it was 6 o'clock every night I used to love watching Jeopardy it's been taken off uh, I don't know why I miss mm. it however when I saw that Bob Harris, who was a multiple-time Jeopardy! champion, published a book about his experiences in the show called Prisoner of Trebekistan, which takes its title from the host's name, Alex Trebek, uh, and the Prisoner of Zelda would be... I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I ordered it immediately from Amazon. Mm-hmm. I saw that it was available and click, done, before I knew it. Ah, gone. Uh it's apparent from the first few pages of the book that Harris is no writer. No. As a writer, he makes a really great Jeopardy champion, I right. think. <laughs> the, uh, the the book is, is really badly written, and I found myself skimming through large chunks to get to the important bits. And uh, the- Were they start? Was that how you knew where to stop? No, that's why I'm skimming. Not skipping. Skimming. See, I'm still reading every word. But I'm just not taking it in. Okay. He was, he was tossing stones across the top of the book. Yeah. See, if they, see and then wherever the stone landed. Picking the word up off the page. And <laughs> oh, it's going to be a long show. <laughs> going to be. The, uh, the, the large chunks that I, that I skimmed through were mostly about his personal life and the important bits that I was really trying to get to. So, before he got to Trebekistan. No. No, see, oh. it starts with him in Trebekistan, but then there are, there are kind of flesh, flashbacks, oh. and he does he does talk about being in Trebekistan. Oh, lot. really? <laughs> okay. This is this was my entry into Trebek. My visa was stamped to get into Trebekistan. It was hard to find a sandwich in Trebekistan. You know, <laughs> phrases like that. I, I have a feeling that the uh, that the publisher bought this in the same way that you ordered it from the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Lost in Trebekistan. Sold! Sold! Done! Done! <laughs> at, yeah. least, at least every sentence wasn't a question. Yeah. Well, that's, oh. <laughs> or every second question, every second sentence. Because I also wouldn't put it past him. He thinks himself to be uh, qu- quite the stand-up comic. 
Uh, um, I think him to be a really good Jeopardy champion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's that's where... Uh, that's had where had you did. actually seen him on... Yes, I had. You'd seen him. I had. And he was good and entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had been on... Uh, I'd seen him on a tournament of champions and a mm-hmm. champion of champions tournament as well, which uh, which was an interesting scenario. But the uh, the things that I really wanted to know about were about his training for the show and his experiences on the show itself. And Harris takes us through his rituals for, for training for the show. And if you're as interested in being as good at Jeopardy as I am interested in being, it was a hard sentence to write. <laughs> this stuff is truly fascinating. Things like he transforms his lounge room to look like the Jeopardy set, including a life-size cutout of Alex Trebek. It's just like yeah. Shark with and the courtroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's exactly like Shark with the courtroom. He, he even, and when I saw that, I thought, no one would do that. <laughs> Bob Harris did it, although not with nearly as much money. He just moved things around and yeah, tried to yeah. find things that were about the same height as the Jeopardy podium. And he created a replica of the Jeopardy buzzer through a click pen and a whole lot of gaffer tape. <laughs> <laughs> to to kind of give it the same weight and the same thickness uh, and something with a, a button on it. So uh, when Jeopardy was on, he would play along and uh, and try to work out when the end of the question is. One of the big things about Jeopardy is you can't buzz in until Alex has finished reading the question, and the contestants are looking at a board that has a light. When that light comes on, your buzzer will work. If that light's not on, your buzzer won't work. Oh. What can't you just go like that? <laughs> Your buzzer still won't work. Your buzzer still won't work. But why not work? Weird noise oh, that comes see. on. I see. He's no, because what they do is if you press your buzzer while the light is off, there is like a, a delay, a mild electric shock. Uh, yeah, tiny, <laughs> tiny, <laughs> tiny to the shock. other players. <laughs> <laughs> they get to worse and worse every time you do it. There's a there's a delay, so your button might not work for three seconds. So that's that's to you know ward you off doing that. I think yeah. they've learned their lesson over 25 years, and. Uh, and so, all, all of that's really interesting. What he tries to do is work out the time and and pattern between when Alex finishes his question and when the guy turns the light on and try to try to work out that time delay and get used to that and get into the body rhythm of, of that. And he, uh, he lives his life as if he's a Jeopardy contestant for the whole time between finding out that he's on the show and actually getting on the show. Yep. He runs his day like a Jeopardy day. Which is just bizarre and obscure. So, so his wife puts like the roast on the table. The roast. Uh, what is dinner? His girlfriend actually eventually moves girlfriend. out. So and, <laughs> and and that's that's one of the things that uh, th- that I don't like about it. You know, the good things are the training and also when he gets on t- into the green room, the contestants trying to psych each other out and the the different strategies that that people have for for playing, uh, but. That's kind of in total less than half the book. The rest of it is stuff about his family, his ailment-ridden sister, all of his failed relationships, uh, the parties thrown by his actor neighbours. You know, a lot of stuff that I really don't give a shit about. And I discovered while reading this book that there are a number of other books that have been written by other Jeopardy! champions. And the whole time after I found that out, that I'm reading Prisoner of Trebekistan, I couldn't help thinking that I had made the wrong choice <laughs> and that these other books were much better, especially considering that he refers to them in Prisoner of Trebekistan, talking about how they're excellent books. Right. I, I really... Did Did you buy it? You bought it on Amazon? Yeah. And it didn't have buy two for slightly cheaper? 
You know, it's never slightly cheaper on Amazon. It says, buy this and this other book for blah, blah, blah. By the same price. And it's the same price as adding the two books together. Did it, did it have a different Jeopardy book? Uh, that- I, think it had, I think it had a Jeopardy DVD. Ah, right. In, okay. in, that, in that twofer. The, uh, the thing is, it's, bits of it are really interesting, but then there, there are other aspects. Like, it's, it's obvious, although he doesn't use her full name, his current girlfriend is uh, one of the writers from Buffy, Jane Espenson, who was an excellent, excellent writer for Buffy. Uh, why he didn't give the book to her to do a quick read-through... I have no idea. But he thinks of himself as, as quite the comedian. There are a lot of times where he's just trying to be really, really, really cute. And they're really annoying. And you, a lot of the time you just want to stab him. <laughs> but the the insights into the show were enough to keep me reading. Uh, and also the fact that I can't kind of finish halfway through a book. I have to see it all the way through. Even though I pretty much only read half of it. But got to the end. Anyway, that's Prisoner of Trebekistan. Because I skimmed a lot of it. Do you remember that? Yeah. The whole skimming thing? Yeah. Yeah. Prisoner of Trebekistan. So, C-. Is, it's by C-. Bob C-. Harris. I would give it, I'd give it a, a C-. C-. Uh, C-. Look for some other Jeopardy books. Look for, if you're interested in Jeopardy, look for some other Jeopardy books or uh, just try to watch some Jeopardy wherever you can. Well, which secondhand store are you going to sell yours onto? So that uh, maybe one, one of our listeners could pick it up cheap. I don't you sell see, my books. If, if, yeah, I was going to say, if he reads the books all the way through to the end, I'm guessing he's not a seller. Yeah, I'm not a bookseller. Hmm. Yeah, sometimes if a, if a book's crap, I'll just leave it somewhere. Like if it's <laughs> if it's horribly horribly crap, but this is a first edition. And occasionally a, they follow you home. Sometimes, <laughs> three <laughs> weeks later they turn up on your door. Okay, ha- what happened here? <laughs> but this is a first edition in hardcover. I don't think I'm going to sell it anytime soon. This is Marie Cardi, and you are listening to that fluffy white cloud of goodness box cutters. <laughs> Stick it in the fire and eat it. There's <laughs> been a lot of talk about game shows on tonight's show, and I'm going to maybe keep... too much talk. Oh, no, go on. Next Sorry, segment. <laughs> that was a, it. Was a Bono reference. For I'm, uh, I'm going to continue uh, continue the theme. Why are you making Bono references? I don't know. This one. D- it's a long show. This game show sits kind of closer to the Jeopardy style of things than to the Biggest Loser style. Uh, but this is a brand new game show that uh, just premiered recently on the Fox Network in the US. And I've got to tell you right off the bat, I've only seen one episode, but it's a lot better than the contest. And it's a lot better than the rich list. And it's probably a bit better too than uh, 1 versus 100. I watched my cat licking her paws the other day. And that was a lot better than the contest. <laughs> is it on the list? Yes, it's on the list. It's the most tedious thing I've ever seen. Uh, this one's called "Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader?" Yes. Now it's a. Uh, Do I win? <laughs> it's a. Well, don't answer too quickly. Oh, okay. It's a Mark Burnett production, which uh, to me is usually a sign of quality. Mark Burnett, of course, responsible for Survivor, The Apprentice, The, Apprentice. the Contender. Uh, soon to be the lot, which is the one he's doing with Steven Spielberg, the back lot, something like that. The, the uh, back lot, uh, Pirate Island, which never really happened. Was that him? It was supposed to be. Oh, okay, but it never ended up happening, did it? Uh, no, not that I, uh, not that I saw. Uh, this is a bit different from those. Uh, this is this is much more similar to Millionaire than than those sort of shows. Uh, it's hosted by Jeff Foxworthy. Which Josh, I'm sure Jeff Jeff Foxworthy, the the uh, you could the tell comedian Jeff the, Foxworthy, the comedian. You, you could know, tell us a bit more about him from your comedic background. Yeah, he uh, he had his own sitcom for a while. Mm-hmm. He uh, he's 
pretty much his his most famous routine is the you know you're a redneck if yeah insert humorous phrase here and insert two books yes t- mm. two books three albums uh he had a weird uh hbo special recently that uh involved him singing with willie nelson it was all it was all a bit much i wouldn't have picked him as a as a quiz show host though i actually i actually don't think he's uh don't think he's too bad uh basically the way the show breaks down like i said it's a lot like millionaire there are 10 questions that you have to answer uh and they go up incrementally you know they start at a thousand work the way up to a million the trick is oh and you uh you pick your topics you're right but it's not multiple choice so there's a whole lot of categories up there that you pick from uh but yeah you don't you don't get the benefit of multiple choice. The trick is that all the questions are from primary school curriculum. Right. So uh, and there's a they're they're all from between first and fifth grade. And there's a bunch of fifth grader ten year olds there who are there to help you. There's six of them, and you get to pick one at any given time to play with. Yep. And they're, they're kind of like your lifelines. And then you go off into the sand pit and yeah. it's got a Tonka truck. And- <laughs> yeah, they're kind of like your lifelines. Uh, the three lifelines you have, uh, you can either choose to copy their paper if you don't know the answer. <laughs> you can cheat, which means that you get their answer. Uh, a copy means you get to look at their paper and if you think they're right, you get to put it down. There's cheat, which means that you have to copy their paper and yep. get whatever they say. And there's save, which means that if you got the answer wrong, but your fifth grader got it right, you're still in the game. Oh, fantastic. Uh, the first guy I saw doing this was a UCLA graduated, went on to law school, full of himself guy, who bummed out straight away. First question he got wrong. <gasps> which was it? Which uh, was they're, they're very American centric questions. I think it was uh, what month do we celebrate Columbus Day or something similar right. to that. Second question, he chose to copy the tenth graders paper, uh, the fifth graders paper. Third question, he chose to cheat off the fifth graders paper. Fourth question, he had no idea what he was doing, <laughs> and, and he was so, all out of fifth graders. And so he took the money and went. Uh, look, this is. This is a great show. It's it's exciting and fun. I think the kids add an extra element to it that you just don't have in uh, in our in these current cycle of game shows that we've got. And hopefully, somebody here will pick it up soon. What's the pace like? And hopefully, Sandra Sully won't host it. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. If they did it here, Sandra Sully would. I was, I was thinking maybe like I was, again, I was probably thinking comedians, but maybe Dave Hughes wouldn't be a bad wouldn't Akmal be a bad Sully. choice. Hey, Akmal Sully. Well, what's the pace like on the uh, on the show? I didn't mind it. I read a few comments on the internet that it is a little millionaire like, right? Uh, and when I read that, I thought back and thought, well, yeah, that's true. We did only get through one and a half people in the time that I watched. It's only a half hour show though, okay, which is interesting. Uh, and it's got the prime after idle spot in the in the states, which means it's screening three nights a week. With, with the biggest audience in television leading into it. So, so it's obviously at this point it's doing very well. Interestingly, if it's a Burnett production, it will probably go straight to Foxtel. Oh, yeah, probably. So, uh, so it might give Foxtel a chance to, oh, uh, but to try it. No, I was thinking if they remake it. I wasn't thinking if they show episodes of it here. If oh, they, if they remake it, if that's, they that's remake different it deals. Here. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully we'll see it. It was, uh, yeah, hopefully not with Eddie hosting or uh, or Sandra Sully. But, uh, yeah, it was it was lots of fun. Excellent. 
We really do need a thing for this for this I was going to count. I was going to count. I had it at least. You can stop now, Josh. Okay. This week's quote comes to us courtesy of The Apprentice. Now, regular listeners to the show will love, will know that my opinion of The Apprentice is that it's smart, gifted, tele- talented people getting a range of tasks and completely ballsing them up. Yep. And the team that screws their task up least is generally the winner. Uh, this is this current series is Apprentice LA, and the two teams had to create and run a tour of LA. It could be about anything they wanted. It could be lifestyles of the rich and famous or famous deaths or anything like that. What a fantastic episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, at the end, the project manager, Michelle, said, I think the tour ended up being a bit of a disaster logistically. And yet we also recognise that there were some people on the bus that certainly weren't angry. (laughs) (laughs) And their their tour was an absolute disaster. I know, it was. It was terrible. And I I just love that. To me, that sums up Apprentice. They've they've taken these poor tourists, put them on a bus for two hours, fed them this boring, repetitive, ill-informed crap, and the best they can say is, well, some of the people didn't want to kill us. (laughs) That's that's hilarious. If you're interested in watching The Apprentice LA in Australia, it's on Fox 8. Oh, it started Uh, on Fox 8, Yeah, it it started on Fox 8. Uh, It's actually up to episode 5, I think. Or uh, episode six airs uh, this week. Ah, uh, you uh, probably missed that then because I think that was episode three. Yeah, so so you've missed you've missed that excellent episode. Mm. Uh, and uh, I think it's it's on Monday nights and repeated on Sunday nights. Just as good as ever, The Apprentice. People are saying, oh, it's no good this year. Shouldn't have moved to LA. But personally, I think so far, just as good. And interesting to see similarities this year between The Apprentice and Survivor. Yes, uh, in in the uh, in the way the contestants are treated yes very interesting yeah like mark burnett had one idea yeah and he was too busy working on fifth grader although i reckon i reckon trump would claim it as his idea because he does love to claim things as his idea that's true that you're fired that was mcmahon's from way back (laughs) apparently (laughs) you listen to the box cutters coming up in the program pork hey um when i cast my pod it's with the box cutters in mind box cutters Pod, cast, done. Pork is on the table. I want to say thank you very much to David Boxcutter, who sent me a monkey. He did send you a monkey. It's, I'm going to I'm going to take a photo of it and put it on the uh, and put it on the Boxcutter's blog. It's Scooter Monkey, and uh, and he hangs from things. David Boxcutter, one of our most recent listeners, one of our most dedicated listeners, I would say. He, he has sped through. 75 episodes of Box Cutters in, I think, about five weeks. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hell of an effort. Yeah. Very impressed. Probably not wise. (laughs) We advise that you don't try this at home, but uh, congratulations for doing that, David Boxcutter. He's in Boxcutter Fear Factor. A couple more more years that they're thinking of doing off for, uh, oh, what a year? 1518 BC? 1518 BC. 1518 BC. Abraham. Moses was born. Moses. Right. Uh, They're thinking of doing 1095. The Crusades. Yep. And uh, 18 thir- and 813. 813. 813. That's not the destruction of the Second Temple. I've no idea what it was. They have to just do a bit of research into right. that one and figure out. Well, they can't get you to do their whole show. That's true. 
That's true. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, that's why we love pork. Hey, uh, John Inman died. Oh, you did that in news, didn't I you? Did. <laughs> <laughs> he did that in Brett's fifteen seconds. Fifteen of seconds of news. Listeners might know him as uh, Mr. Humphreys from Are You Being Served? I'm free. <laughs> I knew that was going to happen. He was 71 years old. He'd uh, had hepatitis A <laughs> you, for you some You brought years. it up. You can't. <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah, expect was, it not to happen. Really? I was just looking for Phil. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. Uh, Phil who? <laughs> Days of Our Lives. Uh, no, Young and the Restless. Young and the Restless has moved. I can't moved. even look at Brett anymore. <laughs> Young and the Restless Tell has moved. Tell pulled it off. Well, no. This is the point. It's moved from Channel 9 to, to Foxtel. To W. Fox. Warner Channel. No, no, no. W. It's the women's channel. <laughs> so is that half of the CW? No, no, no. no. It's, it's completely unrelated. So it's half of the WB? No, no, no. It's, it's W on its own. It's oh, just really? W. It's W. In fact, it's W. Full stop. So it's the country and Western. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, it's just Western. It's just, no, it's just women. <laughs> right. Just women. Uh, I was only allowed to watch it if my housemate was in the room with me. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, they're very strict. Like an alarm goes off or something. They're very strict. It's, it's, yeah. To give you an idea, it, it, has, uh, it has Judging Amy and The View on it. Uh, Gilmore Girls? Pro- probably. I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would. Young and the Restless has moved from Channel 9 to W. Yes. Channel 9 axed it. No, so it's no, no. No, they didn't ax it. That's yes, the whole did. point. No, they didn't. They would still be showing it. Foxtel outbid them. Foxtel wanted it. Foxtel sharked it. Now Foxtel is showing it. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Because this has so not been the coverage that it, there's there's been Young and the Restless fans. This is my point. This is my point. I'm right with you, Ross. Thanks, They're, Josh. People are uninformed. Let's I'll go as far as say ignorant. They speculate and get angry without having all of the facts. And to them, well, why I didn't say, Channel Nine just say that when who, they started who, who, getting angry? Who are they going to say it to? When did Channel 9 even get a chance Unless to answer? Unless a media release. Maybe they did. Maybe they did. How do you know? But you, do, you don't traditionally lose, you have media, watch, uh, media releases to say, we lost shows. Yeah, but if everybody's bitching on your ass about, oh, you, you guys are crap because you want to put on this local chat. I mean, I mean what are you going to say? Which is actually Foxtel rating, fans. It's rating less than Young and the Wrestlers. Oh, is it? Yep. Great news for Foxtel fans. Not such good news for us. That's the press yeah, release they're going to release. <laughs> Channel 9 has new reasons why you should get Foxtel. I mean, yeah. that's... <laughs> what are they going to do? Really? Just I, a statement saying, ah, shut your traps. We didn't dump it. Okay. <laughs> I, I, think, I think really it, it, it goes to show how willing people are to just scream and yell yep. about changes to their lives that are yep. really quite minuscule well, and, well, and blame like, someone instantly. I, I don't know. Like the I, way that Foxtel actually paid to have Sopranos moved after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I actually think this is it's, it's a bit of a sad move for, for the elder people in our community, people in retirement homes who, who perhaps have nothing to do but watch <laughs> Channel 9 who may, might not be able to get Foxtel. Sure, but that's... I think, I think that's a, it's a bit sad for them. But that's, uh, you know, when it comes to a business point of view, that's something that Foxtel would take into account when, yep. when giving their, their bid. Yeah. Television stations... Oh, you think they'd take it into account? They'd take into account that those people wouldn't, wouldn't be following. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But they, they, they wouldn't think out of the kindness of their hearts, well, there's a whole lot of grannies out there who watch it, we better leave it with Channel 9. They wouldn't be getting counted Tele- anyway. Television... Television networks don't do anything out of the kindness of their hearts. That's true. What, they don't what, have hearts. What That's we the have problem. To re- well, what we have to remember is that television networks don't give a shit about people. 
they only give a shit about ratings. Mm-hmm. And people don't equal ratings. Mm-hmm. People uh, equal complaints. Yes. Well, as proved with the moving of Days of Our Lives, uh, Young and the Restless. Yeah, 50 bucks here and there to Oztam equals ratings. Yeah. Ooh, controversy. <laughs> the, um, no, I mean, ratings is, is just, you know, 700 households in Australia. That's it. Uh, that's, and they're not the people who are complaining. No, but people are complaining, and that was my point. People are complaining and blaming Channel 9, and for once it's not Channel 9's fault. But you can, under- you can understand why people would blame Channel 9 because they've come to expect that through so much of, of what they've scheduled in the past. Yes, that's true. Sh- sure, but, you know, good, that, that doesn't mean that they viewers. should be guilty, like they should be declared guilty when they're not. No, screw them. They're guilty. <laughs> the good news for If vi- they'd really cared, they would have bid more. <laughs> the good news for viewers is that it's been replaced by the view light or the catch-up. <sighs> Which is just horrendously awful. Which um, there was a, I saw a thing today. Uh, David Oldfield's. If wife. you saw it, it would have been in news. Um, no, <laughs> no, actually, David Oldfield's wife uh, apparently just blurted out. They were talking about Britney and being in rehab and stuff. Just blurted out that uh, as a young woman, she'd uh, done a lot of drugs, and apparently this came from nowhere and wasn't a cynical uh, grab at publicity to get oh, okay. people to start watching. Mm. It's, uh, but, you know, to give you an idea of, of what they're covering on uh, the catch-up next week, Nazis, good or bad. <laughs> <laughs> also, while we're talking about Foxtel, Foxtel, we, we covered a few weeks ago, Foxtel moved Love My Way from Fox 8. They moved it from Fox 8 Part to of the W. the basic passage, no, package. Yes. From to- Fox 8 to W, from W to Showtime. Right. So now it's screening on Showtime. Showtime part of the basic package? No. No, Brett, we've heard your <laughs> bait and switch <laughs> argument. <laughs> D- David has heard it more recently than anyone else. <laughs> Never forget. <laughs> anyway, the point is that they're showing it on Showtime. Yes. In the same way that they show Deadwood on Showtime. Yes. Two episodes back Two to back, episodes no at break. Once. That's ridiculous. No time to go to the toilet. Why would they no do credits. that? It's, I don't know, because... Uh, I don't know if we've discussed this. Uh, like, if, 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 if Love you My Way is to watch such, it like that, Love My Way is such a heart wrenching show. It is. It's it's really draining dramatically. You you finish watching an episode just thinking, "Oh my god, I'm going to go and kill myself." Yes. People love it. I don't know why. Uh, it it takes too much out of me for for, for me to enjoy it. I, I thought the first series was very good. It's a, I, I it's thought a very the second good, very... series was too dark and bleak, which for me is just. Ridiculous! It's a very good, and you love you love dark I and bleak. Generally, love dark and bleak. Is you with your eyeliner and your and your I, black I think, hair. I think your... it's more that I hate happy and poppy. Yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. And it's it's a very well written drama. It's a very well produced drama. I can see exactly why people like it. Doesn't appeal to me. However, that being said, two hours back to back with that much drama. Uh, and no time to go to the toilet. That's a. It's, it's just harrowing. Who could sit through and that? I, I think it's a well, ten or twelve obviously. episode series. Ten or twelve episodes. Yeah. So they're going to burn it off in six weeks. It seems. Ridiculous. But obviously, the the answer to to toilet breaks is IQ, which you pay on top of your basic subscription as well. Uh, yes and no. I don't think that's what they're trying to do. I really don't think that's what they're trying to do. Showtime uh, want to keep things to a kind of two-hour schedule, which is why they put uh, Deadwood episodes back-to-back, yep. because they've got films that go for two hours. Well, should they, then they should put Love My Way and Deadwood. 
Well, they've got a choice. They can either try to be the HBO for Australia mm-hmm. or they can try to be the movie network. Or they can be the Showtime for Australia. Or they can be the show- But <laughs> they, can't, they can't have it both ways. They can't yep. say, well, we want to produce our own drama now, uh, but we're going to do it as if it's, you know, six movies, one, one each week. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't do that. Mm. You can't have your foot in each pie. Well, I just, I, I think uh, lots of people probably do love, love, love my way. I think it's, it's a great show. I just think it's ridiculous to be showing it like that. Yeah. If you, if you choose to watch it like that, that's fine. You know, you might choose to watch. You know, Brett was just saying he caught up on a whole lot of lost episodes over a couple of days. That's fine if that's the way you want to watch. But to have that thrust upon you, if Channel 7 suddenly said, okay, everybody who watches Lost, we're having a Lost marathon. It's the only chance to get it. You have to watch 18 episodes in four days or something. I don't think, you know, you can't have that sort of thing thrust upon you. Well, and I have to say that's how Showtime lost me as a viewer because I started watching Deadwood that way. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, it's it's a great show and I'm really interested in, in it. But two episodes in a row with no chance for a break yep. was just too much for me i stopped watching it i went and bought it on dvd or i was given it for my birthday on dvd uh and then didn't bother watching the second series that way just waited for it to come out on dvd uh third series i got through torrents even though i knew that uh that it was going to be shown on showtime Mm -hmm. and uh in the end i actually got rid of showtime out of my foxtel package so in in my case, it's to their detriment because if I knew that I was going to be getting Love My Way and uh, and you know Deadwood and maybe some some other shows of that ilk on Showtime, I would have kept it on. Mm-hmm. It would have been worth the fifteen dollars a month for me. Yep. But I'm not getting that. Yep. So yeah, why bother? Yeah. I think that brings us to the end. Of that does bring us to the Box end. Box Cutters episode seventy six. I had a quick uh, question. Of course, it doesn't oh, bring I us thought, to the end. I thought you had Jesus. some. Some more news. <laughs> brings to the end. And, you know, we're, we're pretty much packed up, ready to go. And then Brett goes, oh, no, hang on. I didn't get a chance to have a look at the schedules. Is, uh, what about Brian being axed yet? No, it's no, still it's on. Still, no, it's still going. Oh it's still going weekly. I, I have a feeling that Series 1, very unusual, a bit more like Series 1 of The Office. I think Series 1 of What About Brian is only six episodes. Oh, really? So I'm not sure... Well, because it was a mid-season replacement yeah. in the US. Yeah. Uh, and still, I, I've got to say, I don't mind it. Mm. I don't mind it as a show at all. I like it. Yeah. So what is Seven going to do in three weeks' time? Uh, Dancing with the Stars best off. <laughs> well, Series 2 has started in the States, so they might run Series 1 and 2 straight into the into each other, but I, I don't know the length of Series 2. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah. I really doubt hey, it. Hey, a bit of a heads up for next week. Uh Somebody on the blog, a regular contributor, fourth of five, also yes. known as Nibbo, was talking about a show he thought was the best show on television of late called uh, Life on Mars. Yes. BBC show. Uh, I'm going to have a look at that next week for uh, things you may have missed. Oh, excellent. Because I've, uh, I've been watching a little bit of season one. so Excellent. So we'll be able to have a good discussion on that. I don't have any, any of it. You got it here? No, no. Uh, but uh, we're just we're giving you the heads up. Yeah, you, you've got Thanks. the opportunity between now and next week to uh, get your hands on some life on Mars. So you know what we're talking about, mm. and you at home too. So you can play along at home if you want to. So I was talking to people at home. Oh, really? But it may have sounded like I was talking to Brett. I well, couldn't hear. Brett him. couldn't hear. Brett, Brett can't hear me. 
Only only Ross listeners and dogs yes. can hear me. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 76. I want to say thank you very much to 3 Triple R 102.7 if you're in Melbourne, rrr.org.au if you're listening to them on the internet. We use their studios each and every week for recording this podcast and love them dearly for that and for some other reasons as well. And we might be becoming a Triple R podcast at some point. There's a, Yeah, there's, there's talk of that. Their, their hmm. first podcast or something no there's already some up from uh, shows on here ah, screw okay. it I'm not doing it. it the architects uh, no not doing it first non already up that's, unless unless we're the first I'm not doing it Brett I've told you this with, I think we'll with be a the number first of things non-broadcasting I've, I've told you this with a number of things when you said let's go to the moon I said no <laughs> unless we're the first we can't do it yeah until next week my name is... Wait, I didn't even do the boxcutters.net for the blog or hooray at boxcutters.net for emailing us. I'm so eager to get out of here. What's going on there? Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Yes, send us your emails at hooray at boxcutters.net. I've done that already. Or write some of the blog on boxcutters.net. Thanks for listening to boxcutters.net. <laughs> 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 Just again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. <laughs>